Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. I am Dan, standing in for your regular host, Barry, who can't be with us this week, as he's at Tracy Island, with FAB, to aid with the international rescue operations. But the other Thunderbirds are here at Studio PWU with me this evening, and we have a lot to get through, as usual. So we've got Paul. Hi, Paul. Hello. Gareth, aka Statman. Hi. Adam, welcome Hello. back. Thank you. Over there is Rob. Good evening, Dan. Howdy doody. And Mick. Hiya, good evening. How are you? I'm alright. Thank Excellent. you very much, everybody. And I'm Dan, as I've already said. So let's move straight on to the Borough game. Statman, do you have some stats? I have done, yeah. The stats from the game, Wigan Athletic versus Middlesbrough. Third bottom versus third top. Possession, 51% to the Latics and 49% to Middlesbrough. Shots, Wigan managed 12, Middlesbrough 8. On target, sadly we only managed 1, and Middlesbrough managed 2. We had 6 corners, they had 5, we committed 9 fouls, they committed 11. 2 yellows each, no reds, and the score, one apiece. Yes, those statistics make it sound as though it was a very even game. But certainly in the second half, I'd say it was more Latics, especially in the possession stakes. I'm very surprised that Wigan didn't boss more of the possession there. So, Rob, what did you think of the game as a whole? The game as a whole, I thought it was a game of missed chances, Dan, if I'm being honest. I thought we had, I mean, I can nerve you me, probably four guilt-edge chances were missed. Burn it off the post, McCann should have buried ease. But in the first half in particular, Boyce had an header from a corner, which he completely missed. Uh, and it it was a sitter. He should have absolutely buried it. I think I'm missing another chance. Force yours, great effort as well. And they really didn't test us at all. I mean, I, I was surprised when Gareth said two shots on target. I can't remember Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough's other shot on target. I thought uh, they didn't test Carson at all. I thought they never really hurt us in their final, well, our third, the uh, final, well, defensive third. Apart from the actual goal, uh, we was a bit static on that. But I thought games and all, I think we should be disappointed we didn't take all three points, though. Mm. Their other shot on target, if I remember rightly, was a team effort in the first half that Scott Carson basically had to catch. Was it? I can't. Yeah, I, didn't I, can't have, I don't think you have to it. save it. He basically had to catch it, yeah, yeah. if I'm remembering know, rightly. Yeah. <coughs> You're right. I do remember that very well indeed. They did have a couple of great chances in the second half that I remember thinking... That was better than the chance they scored from, and probably they should have, but they were fleeting, shall we say. Matics dominated that half. So, I think most promisingly, we saw the return of Emerson Boyce and Chris McCann. Now, for me, Chris McCann was the man of the match. Does everybody agree with this? No. No? Mm. Paul? No. I'd have gone with Sean Maloney. I would, I, would I would have gone with Maloney. I'd have gone with Maloney as well. I thought he was on fire. He just looked dangerous every time the ball was at his feet, which is exactly what you want. It's it's interesting to think that the manager himself said there were two or three great performances and he didn't mention any names, but it was quite obvious from this conversation that Sean Maloney and Chris McCann were two of the names. Can I mention the runs? The running with the ball, because I thought that was a major, major difference. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Chris McCann, Sean Maloney and others. They get the ball of the feet and they ran at the Middlesbrough defence and it was great to see for me. I loved it. So it looked more threatening. 
So do you think this is a Mackay thing, something that he's brought into the team? Was Rosler doing this? I, I think this is down to the new manager and a clearing out of the old attitude and the old hang-ups that they developed over time. Basically, you're starting from fresh. Everybody's got a clean slate. Off you go, go and show me what you can do. And I think some of them did that. It's a bit like dry cleaning, isn't it? Unfortunately, these days, I'm it not takes... Sure where you're going with that, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, these days, it takes bringing a new manager in to completely change their mindset. And yeah, we I, did see a complete mindset change. Still don't know how that links to dry cleaning, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, moving on. Well, we mentioned Sean Maloney, though. His goal was absolutely awesome. He warmed up for it by clipping the top of the crossbar just a few minutes beforehand. And it was set up in exactly the same way by Chris McCann winning the free kick on the edge of the area. Except the second time... He stepped up and put it in. It reminded me of um, Charles and Zogby doing it against West Ham. And, and the parallels of, right, we've been down in the depths, we're starting to creep out. And, that, and that's what was going through my mind at the time when he did it. Now... Obviously, we didn't creep out and take all three points, but if that's the start of us improving and climbing up the table, it will, again, parallel Charles and Zogby doing it against West Ham. One thing that was very very noticeable, and I think Neil Rimmer picked up on it as well, um, was that those three kicks, there wasn't three or four of them saying, oh, go on, let me have a go, ah, it's my turn. Sean Maloney picked it up, Sean Maloney stepped up, and Sean Maloney hit it. Yeah, it I something think decisive. We've missed Sean Maloney as a free kick team. I think the first one he took was a bit too close, wasn't it? He didn't have enough time to get it over the wall. Yeah. Yeah. That second time was perfect, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, can I just say, what does everyone think of the uh, Dave Whelan applause at the start and the welcome Alky McKay got? Brilliant. And at a time when your chairman needs your support, he got it because he supported us for all these years. <laughs> Fair enough, you might not agree with what's been said or whatever, but we, we all know Dave Whelan's no racist. And in it, it's, it was, I was made up for him that he got the reaction that he did, personally. Well, I think they've handled it well, because everything was low-key, wasn't it? And the fans spoke, doing what the fans do. I think even the Middlesbrough fans didn't really give as much stick, which is yeah. quite a shot, really, wasn't it? Because it would have looked a bit embarrassing, them singing the songs, but there was pretty I, I mean, you're it. not going to stop them if they no. start, but, I mean, fair play. They came to watch the game, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, it was, on the whole, great to see. A very emotional moment. Have we seen the video on the Wigan Evening Post website? Yeah. yeah breaking down. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit. <laughs> 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 the greatest of footage, if I'm being honest. Sorry, Greg, if you give it a Oh, we shouldn't discredit the Wigan Evening Post like this. Oh, it, it, it was terrible recording. Pull your fingers out. Oh, no. Phone recording. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, yes. But as Rob correctly said, I totally agree with what you said. It was, you know, it was inspirational, really. You know, uh, it was great to be there. Great, great to be part of it as a Wigan fan for me. Yeah. Mm. I just to credit the Evening Post, they caught it, didn't they? Nobody else did. Yeah. Did. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Come by the Wigan Evening Post. Mm. This podcast is not sponsored by the Wigan Evening Post, although you might think otherwise. So the second half. Cakes for us. The se- second half was. <laughs> Rather exciting, I thought. Bamford's goal, first touch from the bench. Couple of good chances for Barnett and McCann. But somehow Burr survived. But in the very last minute of the game, a controversial moment, I should say. 
Man goes down in the Wigan Athletic penalty area. Mm. About 30 seconds left on the clock. You think, ah, hopefully that referee's not going to give it. And he didn't. What did we think? Not it was bad. outside the box. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you think another one before it. There was another no, one. No, right right, the one right very end. Uh, Adorma, when it was brought down. Very edge of the box, corner. No, I know which one you mean. It was it was trapped between two players. That's right. It, it I was, don't think it was a penalty at all. Okay. To be fair, I thought the ref had a shocker because he was giving he was giving soft free kicks for tickles in the back, <laughs> and there was full on barges in the back that he was letting go. And I think he did it in both directions. Yeah. Uh, I'd say it was pretty good in comparison to some of yeah, the we've had <laughs> earlier on in the season. You know, I, the idea behind the ref is to go unnoticed because you're getting stuff right, and I think it was the stuff. You know, once you start picking up on the stuff that they're doing wrong, you then notice the rest of it. Yeah, wrong. I don't think it, it, it never had really I mean, that more, many more, difficult decisions to make, did it? But I think if he did, now I think that you might have to see one or two flaws in his referee abilities at times, didn't he? Yeah. I think he was part of a cracking football match. His best, oh, it, it was brilliant. It, it, but it, it, it was a nice change to. To go to a match and enjoy it, because we've not done that recently. We're coming away with a point, probably should have had three, but you're going off there thinking, there's hope there, we look, mm. we look like probably, we definitely shared it. The stats don't tell a true picture there for me. I think we missed, like I said, we've already said how many good chances. I, I mean, you look at the away. stats, one shot on target, that looks terrible, but again, there was, you know, we've quoted a number of chances that were good chances. Yeah. And I, and I think you know the stats under Rosler at times were did him a disservice because I think we were in the same boat a couple of times. Stat also says that it's one win in thirteen. That yeah. So we're due a win. I also got to point out that I think we've only lost once at home this season. If you want to jump Ooh. on the other side of the fence, <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> if you want to be due a win, Gareth, you want to be playing a team that you've always beat in the league we've got a very good league record against Sheffield Wednesday I can't remember what it was I was reading it on the on Paddy's website we certainly have not never been beaten by them in the league if they're, they're on a terrible run themselves aren't they? they've drawn they've not they're not winning 10 or no they've been sliding down they've yeah been, they, they are been, indeed they like they drawn were. a lot of games they are indeed but we shall move on to that yeah, very sorry. soon indeed we'll just stick to the Borough game yeah, for now because we've got one or two more points that I've got to raffle through here. Because Peter Gregory on Twitter says, It was great to see McCann and Watson back. McCann was outstanding. The midfield was a lot tighter. A good performance all round. I think the thing is, he's got the adrenaline of his first game back. I think, let's see if he carries that on for the next couple of games. Because you quite often, you come back for your first game and you buzz in. And then after you've had a... An hard workout. Your second game, not quite as good. But uh, certainly, he picked, he picked up. He appears to have picked up in the form that he left, which we could do with. Yeah, it's not easy coming back. No, from, no, it's um, not. It's not easy. But like I say, you, sometimes you get that first game, the adrenaline carries you through, and then you have a couple of ropey games after that. Yeah. Big surprise that he lasted the ninety for me. I weren't expecting that. Maybe seventy minutes. Well, good that he got the ninety under his belt. Yeah, I think this is the big start to a new era personally under Mackay I've just got a feeling that McCann and the old Maloney is back as well as Watson we're heading into some brighter times but also quite bright is the fact that the press circus have hopefully now gone and we can remove all the boards from our doors and take to the streets once again now 
We've got one piece of news here. Mackay says that Grant Holt, one of our old friends, is still very much a Wigan Athletic FC player, which suggests the window is still open for him to come back and fill that striker's role. Surely be better for the door open rather than the window. You don't want him coming back through the window, do you? Well, it's the transfer, the transfer window. It's not called the transfer window. In the transfer window. What have I been saying for the last four week, four months? Right, since the beginning of the season, Alt, Fortuny, together, up front, tell you, our season is saved. Bang the table there, mate. That'll come through that. It's okay. So, so, so with your bloody interference there as well. <laughs> I think Mick, <laughs> Mick has more say in what goes on behind the scenes at Wigan Athletic than we think. Holt could be back very soon, up front with Fortuny, yeah. hitting those hat-tricks. <clears throat> well, they turned around and said that they're renegotiating his, his loan thing to see. I think the initial approach has got to be to, to the player himself, offering the olive branch back. But, uh, you know, if I was Grant Holt, I wouldn't come back, to be honest with you. Do you think the issue there was with... <laughs> Do you think the issue there was with Rosler, perhaps? Of course it was. It was, yeah. a, it was a breakdown of communication between the player and the manager. I honestly think that other people at the club should have actually um, put the two penneth within and severed the ties completely or else brought him back. But if you're a player and you get snubbed by your club, you want to play. So he's gone somewhere else playing. But he's getting paid. Modern day football is so different than what it was 20 odd years ago. Players are comfortable not actually playing these days now because they're still getting paid an absolute fortune. You cannot blame him for that. But for me, he needs to come back to the club because I honestly do think that with what he's been through, he realises he's not going to have an easy ride. And so he needs to graft and he needs to work and he needs to earn his money at Wigan. Shows he can do it, he's knocking the, knocking the goals in for us, isn't he? That is right. He's set another one up, I believe, over the weekend. So, yeah, the signs are there. And Mackay's definitely got his eyes on him. When we signed him, I was delighted. If we never saw him again, now I wouldn't give it so. <laughs> okay, shall we leave it at that? Uh, Does no, that just, sum up no, all our I, feelings? I thought, I thought we've got an absolute, like, not like, I, 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 I'm going to have to be careful with the words I choose here. I thought we'd got a really promising signing who had a good few years left in him yet. Quality striker, scores goals in this division, and I thought we, we were on to a winner. Like I say, now, if I never saw him again, I couldn't give a toss. Well, Paul, that could yet happen he's, when he comes back. Well, if he comes back and scores goals, great. <laughs> if, you bring, if you bring back Holt, though, what are you going to do with the other three strikers we got? That's a good point. You've got to assess what you've got at in. the end of the day. You've got to break them in. Yeah, Mackay's not going to look at the situation and think, oh, I've already got three, like four lads here. Oh, I'll not bring Holt back. You're going to assess all your options he's, and yeah, pick, yeah, pick your best one. He's actually, he's actually caught, he's been quoted now uh, going public and saying, look, every player who's here is playing for a shirt. Right? Mm -hmm. He's offered that, it seems to me, from what I've read, is offered the olive branch to, to Holt. If Holt does come back, then his options are far greater. But it also means that he's still got a lot of work to be doing and a lot of culling to do in January. Now, we've got a hell of a lot of games between now and uh, January. When I say a lot, a hell of a lot, <laughs> I mean we've got some toughies. He's a season pro, he can do it at uh, Premiership level. right? And for me, what he should be doing now is bleeding these two young lads, getting them playing either with Fortune or getting one with all. Because I'd like to start seeing now at Wigan two up front. Okay. You've got to start playing two up front. 
Well, Delo's back from injury, so this could be part of Mackay's master plan. But personally, I'd say it's assess everybody who's in your squad. When Ali Halhabzi comes back from Brighton, the same thing will happen with him, I believe. When's he due back? January, is it? You can see what's happening, though, in training. You know what people are like in training. He's working with them every day of the week. We only see them in public once a week. So the manager, the gaffer knows exactly what he's doing, or he should know what he's exactly he's doing. But I think what he needs to do is be a little bit more uh, direct with his um, team selections. He's only selected one team. <laughs> if that... What I mean in general, he needs to be more direct with his... Uh, I'm not just saying after one game, right? Well, when you say he needs to be more... Direct with his players. Than Rosler. In what yes. sense? You mean more stability in his selections? Possibly. And, and but he's not going to get that for about another three, four weeks, is until he changes. Because well, no. What I'm saying is, he needs to be more direct from the point of view of he's got a short period of time now, where he, although he's got a lot of games or some busy games, he's got to get to know who he wants to play were in his squad, and then he's going to have to get rid of the rest of them. Well, you, the, the thing is, your squad needs to be over 20 players or, or around there at least because otherwise if you pick your best 11 and say that's my best 11 as soon as somebody gets injured if you've if you've sidelined them then they can't come in ready it's a it's a massive balance and you you know the easy accusation to make against Uwe Rosler is that he was rotating them far too much so that everybody got a chance um, I, I, and I think we do need to go it's easy to say, oh, this is what we need because what we were doing wasn't working and that's how it worked. But you would think that we need to get a more stable team. The midfield for me is still where we've got to nail it. You know, people talking about strikers and up front. The strikers have misfired because the midfield hasn't been provided much service for the first however long of the season we've got. Having seen one game under Malky Mackay, Chris McCann go in midfield, and then yeah. the late appearance of Ben Watson, I think there's a lot of mileage for them improve, the midfield improving so Yeah, and you were missing Emmy Hughes on, on yes. Hughes being one of the, the better midfielders we've had. Yeah. I, I, I think you do, like Mick's right, you do need to sort of settle and find the right players. It's that engine room where the key is. If you, if you find the right midfield. I think if you have the right pattern of play as well, you know. Mm. In, in management, well, I'm saying in management, in coaching, if you've got a system to play to, you can coach players to fit into that system. Now, the thing is, is with a system, right, you create a system to try and beat, uh, beat the opposition, but you also create a system that suits your players, which mm. gets the best out of your players. So, therefore, it's got to be adaptable because after a few games, people know what your system is. So, for instance, if we're going to athletic go 4 4 2. Who's going to be playing? Who's going to be the first choice in midfield? Who's going to be the first two choices up, up front? But if you've got a couple of different methods of playing with game plans, now I know I've had this discussion with Barry before, and it was like it's on the training ground and everything else like that. No, bollocks. It's down to your players who you pick on the day, which formation, which way you play. And I think what we need to do now as a team, as a club, is get a formation going. And this is why I'm saying about being a bit more direct. Mm -hmm. Is he needs to start leading. Rosler, I think, lost it. And he swapped and changed patterns of play, systems of playing to, to accommodate players. 
and it's sadly it's a, a weakness I saw in Rosler and it was one of the only things I did see as a weakness in Rosler because I did like the man I still do like the man but I think no as regards my football team the team that I support I want something a little bit more direct doing notice I didn't bang the table as well too but <laughs> I don't know it's okay yeah, I give it more I, impact I think you're right because I, I mean like you say it's it's very easy like you say you, you pick systems to players or you coach players to systems which is the best way of doing it yeah, the answer being whichever one bloody working well it, it, it depends on circumstances yeah, it? Absolutely. You, you go into a club where you've got you're blessed with a squad like we've got in this league then you've got an, it's got an embarrassment of riches so what you can do there is he can pick any system there and you think I've got that player for, he's, got, he's covered in all aspects but if you're going into a different club you've not got the same resources you, you have to be flexible, don't you? And that's that's what it's all about. You've got to be flexible. Gareth, you said something. Works for you in the circumstances, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. But mm. Gareth, you said something right at the very start there about you seeing players in midfield now going forward with the ball. Mm. The gaffers probably thought you're good at that. Why don't you do that in a game? Yeah. You know, because yeah. they've been told probably to do something alternative. What you do with your team is you but see I, what are their individual players' strengths. Yeah. Also, you get to know the what the weaknesses are. And what you do is you create your system around them strengths. But every player knows what that is. And every player knows where they fit into the, uh, into the jigsaw. Dare I say it's a more traditional British way of looking at things? No, not really. Because look, uh, no, no if, you, no, if you look at the European, like look at the Barcelona way of doing things. Everybody stays the same. Barcelona never, ever, ever changed the way they play at the back. Right? Certain mm-hmm. teams have discovered how to combat the Barcelona way. Yeah? Also, in attack, what they do, the way they play. And what opposition teams do now, we're getting wise to Barcelona, is they play a certain formation at the back, keeping a very straight back line, moving up and back, not going for individual players. So, no, it's, it's I would say, tactical awareness. Mm. I, I, yeah. When you look at Martinez, Martinez used to change it around mid-game. And they were aware and able with a bit of communication from the sidelines to completely switch around. Mm. You know, and, and then even more so when a substitution's made, like, right, you're going up there, but don't play where he was playing because you're stronger pushing on rather than dropping back. The classic example is, let's go back in history, England's finest hour. That team, what played against Germany and won the World Cup for us in 66, the critics were slamming that squad and saying they weren't the best players available mm. at the time. But Ramsey... Picked a team. Picked a team. Mm. He had his spine, didn't he? And don't forget, the best player for England ever never played in that final, Jimmy Greaves. Yeah? Because Ramsey was loyal to his players as well. And So, the thing is, though, is he picked players to do a certain job for him. They weren't the biggest floor players, they weren't the most skillful, but they were damn good. Like, Alan Ball never stopped all that game. Wasn't the most skillful on the ball, wasn't the greatest passer, but he would harry Nobby Styles. He all he did was win the ball and give it Bobby Charlton, because that's all they did at Man United. So how long do you think it'll be before Mackay settles on that team, as you say? I think we're gonna to have to give him quite a few weeks. He's seen these lads day in, day out. So he knows what they're capable of doing on the training ground. Okay. So he's seen them and he's thinking, right, this is how I'm gonna start forming this. That's what, well, I'm saying that's what a good coach, good manager should be doing. Okay, so that segues us in to the next section of this podcast, the preview for Saturday's game, 
which incidentally is Wednesday. Wednesday on a Saturday. <laughs> Good gag, that guy. Dan, don't know where you get them from. I learned from the best, Paul. Christmas crackers. Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Last year's. No, I just want to credit Paul for that joke there. Although it's probably been said a million times before on this podcast. So, it's yes. It's all in the time. <laughs> so. Half past. <laughs> need one of those drummers in here, don't we? So, Gareth, do we have any stats on the Wednesday? Well, they're currently in position 13. We're in position 23. They've got 22 points. They've played 18, won four, drawn <coughs> 10 and lost four. They've only scored 12 goals. And... They haven't won since the 20th of September. So, uh, <coughs> they failed to win in 10 league games. So, so we well, all know what the result's going to be. Well, <laughs> got no more no, all over it. <laughs> 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 and in the last six games, they've managed to draw five and lose one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, how does that match up against our recent form? Do you have that? Our recent form, we've lost two. Drawn three and won just the one at Derby. <coughs> okay, so is that round about the same? Would you say? No. Yeah. In points game, we've, we've got five games under Rossler. I saw enough last week to make me realise that things are going to change down at Wigan Athletic. And the positive attitude of the Maloney, McCann, and others, uh, I think, I'm looking forward to the next few games. We'll see what happens. Excellent. Do you think we will be thwarted by the weather again on Saturday, <laughs> as with last year? <laughs> thwarted. 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 That's a very Wiganese way of saying it, I guess. Thwarted. Wow, was it raining? <laughs> thwarted by the rain. Was it the rain or the fog? What was it? It was, it was raining. Raining. It was it was that wet. Flashing down, weren't it? A puddle it was. Up it. Is yep. anyone there? And I have no, listed here the final... Nice I have listed here the final score that day. It was 11-12 to 12 boots lost in the mud. Hey. That was the game where McQueen scored, but it didn't count. Yeah, four 0 really. Yeah, on aggregate, yes. Yeah. So, Cursor, offer some predictions for Saturday. Three nil. Three nil. Oh, that's a very positive way of looking at it. Not bad going, that is it. I, I take it that is to win. That is to win. <laughs> <laughs> but I think pushing that a bit, a bit optimistic. I'd say two nil. I'm with Adam. Three. Ooh. Rob? I think it's going to be a tough game. They don't lose much these men, but they don't win. I, I, I don't think we're going to go there and lose. I think we had a good win there last season, or two wins. Three wins. Yeah, but three wins in total. <laughs> against them, against in them. total, yeah. Uh, <laughs> difficult game. I think we're still going to have a bit of that initial manager uplift. Yeah. I think McCann... He'll be looking to pull the strings and be that midfield engine room again. I'm hoping we're going to sort of build things around him now. I think, it, you know, I've got to look forward. I think we're going to win, Dan. I think we're probably going to sneak that two-one. Very, very positive outlook so far, Mick. Well, I, I think the uh, new manager syndrome is going to um, still be uh, working for Latics. Um, I think the current players who. <sighs> Played over the weekend, will possibly get first choice on uh, this weekend, and so it's up to them then to prove they keep the shirts. And I think they'll come up trumps. Do you think we'll see the return of Manifigroy? I doubt it. And Rob's not in his head. Yeah, over here. I think we're, I think the only reason we didn't see him last week was the amount of miles. If we 
I think he'd be prepared. Taylor had a good game getting forward, though, didn't he? Had, he? He did have a good game. Arguably one of his best games. I, I still think Figueroa has got the edge in him, personally. I still yeah, think he's a better player, more experienced pro. And I, th- I just think he's a better player. I, th- I think if he'd not done all the Mermals last week, I think he would have. Uh, do you not? Are you, uh, you're in a position there where Figueroa is a, a, a Wigan favourite. Taylor hasn't been cracking so far, but he had a great game. But this is a bloke who was almost universally in the manager's squad when they won the title with Cardiff. Yeah, that's a point. Yeah. I, I think I think he's going to stick with the lad. I really do. Yeah. Figueroa, how long have we got him for? Till the end of the month. Till the end of the month. Right, well, that's what, Saturday. Oh, no, sorry, next month. (laughs) Right, you got me there. Right, okay. (laughs) We've got him for what, four weeks? Yeah. 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 Is the possibly going to be an extension to that? He came in as quick. Potentially, yes. See, I don't think so. Because I think think the gaffer, what he's going to do, is going to stick with the lad he knows. Mm. Right? Mm. And I think he's going to make a little bit of a serious point here with this. Okay. Um, I'm going to stick with somebody I'm going to be working with in the future rather than somebody who's only going to be here for a few weeks. Yeah. Now, I think that's going to ruffle a few feathers at the, at the Latics fans, but I think it's going to be a very, very shrewd move if he does it. I agree with you. I don't necessarily think it's going to ruffle feathers. He, he came in, um, the, the history is irrespective. The bloke had a good game on Saturday. If he has yeah. a good game yeah. yes. on this yeah. Saturday... Nobody's going to argue with that, are they? It was no. like with Keenan last season, wasn't it? He just mm. suddenly came into the fold because Rosler liked him and then he... He overplayed, he, else. he overplayed him, though, didn't he? he overplayed I, you him. know, it, realistically, if a bloke has a good game on a Saturday, he could be playing because he's got... The manager walks in the dressing room and he's got a green hat on. Says, right, you've got a green hat on, you're playing today. Yeah. If he has a good game, nobody cares. Well, was it St. Patrick's Day? No, well, no. <laughs> yeah. It was the, but it was but the, if you want, you know, you can select your players on them the biggest nonsense of a reason. Mm. If they play well, nobody's going to question you. Mm. You know, you can select them for all the right reasons. If they have a bad game, you'll get crucified. It's it's football management, isn't it? Yeah. You win, you're great. You lose, you crap. Mm. Well, I've still got to make my prediction. But Gareth, I've got a question to ask before I do. What is Sheffield Wednesday's goal scoring form like? Not you mean the goal scorers? Uh, yes. It's told you, man. Well, it's not good, really. Like I said, they've only scored 12 out of uh, 18 games in the championship this year. Uh, you're going to ask me to pronounce this man's name, which <laughs> is going to be a real struggle for Abte Nui or whatever his name. Well, he's scored five goals, but he's only managed three in the league, and he's the top scorer. So. May and Maguire also have scored three goals. Not great, which is why I'm with Adam. I think this is an opportunity for us, I really do. A, a team that are not free scoring, that are not playing that well, but we're riding on well. I want to ride to goals. I want at least three, four. I want four. I want four on Saturday. That oh, won't happen until Hope comes back. I know, well, there you go, you see. Fortune in Hope, it'll be six. <laughs> You're typecast now. I tell you what, all we need to do on Saturday is. Win uh, is equal or better, either Blackman's result or Derby's result, because one's in the bottom of the playoffs, one's in the top of the table, and if we keep pegging with them, we'll keep moving upwards. Mm. Simple as that. Well, we can only go upwards now because the only team below us is Blackpool, and they're yeah. on eight <laughs> points. We're on seventeen, so it's there's no chance. To go down down Blackpool, uh, nobody counting Blackpool in this league table. <laughs> there's, there's no point, is there? 
Yeah, we write black book, write black Blackpool book. are a write-off. Cross yeah. them off the list. Right, write yep. them off. Officially <laughs> cross them off now, <laughs> Gary. He's got to literally do it. We're <laughs> them. All we can do is improve. There you go, crossed off. Okay then, on that basis, Gareth, you've convinced me. We're going to batter him. 2-0. I guess that's a battering. No, near enough. Well, for Wigan it is. Yeah, <laughs> at this point in time. And just one more point on that game. It's Barry's Meet the Ref. Yay! Yes, Chris Kavanagh, no relation to Graham, is 28 years old and he's refing his first Latics game, although he was once a linesman for one of our games against QPR. And this is his first season as a national list official. So a big hi to Chris Kavanagh and welcome to the league. Hi, Chris. <laughs> and that was Ref Watch. Thank you for that, Barry. All right, yes. When so. did you get your radio DJ insert? <laughs> so, very, very positive predictions, I should say. So, we shall move on to, and this is actually the first time we've included this, the PWU podcast Twitter question of the week. And you may have seen this. Nope, nobody's seen this. Yes, no. I am. <laughs> it is Who is Wigan's greatest ever number nine? Now, you can take this as literally as you want. It could literally be a number nine, or it could be a striker, because, to tell you the truth, I'm not sure who was a number nine. Was DeSanto a number nine? I don't yes, know. Yes, there you go. I can name one. <laughs> I thought Little was a number nine as well, but he's seven. 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 Was, seven. was, was, was Ellington, was Ellington <laughs> a number nine? Yeah. 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 Ah, well, you mentioned Ellington, though. Greg Farrimond, at G. Farrimond Wig, says, The best I've seen is either Graham Jones... Or Nathan Ellington. Any advance? Yeah. I think I mentioned the last thing. Yeah, I, as a short timer, you've got to put the argument that the best number nine is not a number nine, he's a number 20, and that's Hugo Rodriguez, because he's your top scorer in the highest division the club's ever played in. I would like to include another name on this list. I'm not sure he was a number nine, but uh, played for England. And he played for us for a while. Esky. Esky. Yeah. Robert, yeah. I think. Another one. Yeah. He was top girl. Camera. Julius Hagan. <laughs> well, you, you put the, you put the argument for camera because he, he cemented the position in the Premier League. I think ability wise, I yeah. think he's the best we've had. But uh, yeah, I think his, 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 his attitude wasn't great at times. And I didn't watch him quite. I, I, I think the thing, the thing with you know, Roddy Hager was his intelligent running. Mm. How many of these people have had streets named after him? But if you go back to the site of the old Springfield Park, that housing estate there, there's one name there what stands out above them all, probably one of Wigan's greatest number nine, Mr. Lyons. There you go. That's the best. <laughs> That's the end of the conversation. Good arguments, isn't it? I'm going to actually invite my neighbour, who was the Wigan Athletic goalkeeper in the fifties, to this one. And I'm going to ask him, and I'll report back next week who he says. He's still ah. a season ticket holder. He still goes down, does Harry. Uh, uh, Harold. Oh, God, forgive me, please, for that, Harold. But Harold was the Wigan Athletic goalkeeper back in the 1950s. And so he knows everybody who's played for Wigan Athletic since. So I'm going to ask him his opinion. There was a few shakes for Bobby Campbell mm. from the old lot as well. Mm. Ah, OK. Yeah, I think it depends what you, what you value, doesn't it? And... and a lot of it is valuing the feeling that you got and the memories that you got from watching that particular player play. Um, yeah. You, know, you, you look at somebody, is a formidable number nine in the fourth division better than somebody who does a good job in the Premier League? 
Well, we've got yeah. Tom Dancy at T Dance on Twitter who agrees with Gareth. He says Heskey was my favourite number nine. Would Ellington have been as good without Roberts alongside him? No. No. Would who have been as good? Ellington. Ellington. Oh, Ellington. It would have been great to see them in the Premiership together, to see what Ellington would have done instead of listening to his agent. Well, there you go. <laughs> sorting out a pension. Mm. Well, it's not like he was on 10 by the week, Paul. Going back to Grant Holt, I think, as we said earlier, when we actually signed Grant Holt, I think most of us thought, you know, he's an ex-England player, been a, been a Premier League player for all these years, he can do a job for us, he'll be a cracking signing. Mm. But his form has been, well, not, has it, you know... It's not happened it's, for him, has it's it? not happened at all, has it? I think when you go back and, and, and play the detective here, you think, first of all, why did Norwich let him go? Right? Pass it. Uh, well, it's like... <laughs> international, international standard, earning, earning good brass at uh, Norwich. Mm. You know, in the still in the Premier League then. Why did they let him go? They brought in what happened what when they he brought was better strikers. Didn't they? they brought in Val, Van Wolfswinkel, Gary yeah. Hooper. Uh, I can't remember the other lad. They brought three. Well, they, 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 they spent twenty odd million on them. So. They had a feeling, didn't they, that they were going to move on to the next level, and, and they, like you say, they went shopping. Yeah. For spent fourteen million pound on on one striker. They did nothing, did they? Really? No. It, well, that's what Chris Eaton's all about, isn't it? Bought <laughs> boys to death. That's a good question. If they hadn't gone on to buy all those players, would Holt have had another successful season or semi-successful season? Definitely, I think. I think. Yeah, he was one of the sort of leading members of the dressing room, influential in and around there. Uh, knew the club inside out, loved by the fans. He was probably a bit comfortable because he'd been there a few seasons mm. and well liked, but it was nailed on that he was going to have possibly another good consistent season as he produced for God knows how many years. For and then he moved to Wigan Athletic, and yeah. look what happened. <laughs> Mental, isn't it? So I, I think I, the more the number of times I saw Lowe play for Wigan, he normally had a number ten on his back. But yeah, he was there. He was the top goal scorer for Wigan Athletic for a long, long time. You know, top player, top, top player. Absolute class player. Both feet. Yeah. At that level, I don't think I've seen a better player use mm. both feet than David Long. But Absolutely. he wasn't an out-and-out centre-forward number nine, but he was a very, very effective, cracking striker. Very flexible as well. I remember many games played, he played out wide on the left, wide on the right when we were short. Uh I remember having probably a game of his life against Carlisle. Yeah. Absolutely tremendous. But he was the, he was the all-time scorer, for, uh, top goal scorer for Latics for many, many, many years. Only just recently been broken. Don't know who buy that. I don't care. Don't <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there's, a, there's an argument for you top number nine. Club's highest goal scorer. So, Paul, you mentioned the Premier League goal scorers. At Avant Sweater on Twitter, it says... Aruna Kone did it all up there alone won the FA Cup had all the tools and scored the goals I remember two of his performances Kone because it really stand out for me it was the Everton 3-0 yeah three goals in two minutes excuse me <coughs> and his performance at Reading I've got them 
Mensch, du.
And, you know, it, it, it is that change in manager just completely frees up all the mental... It's a fresh start for everybody. You know, if the same bloke comes in on a Monday who was manager on a Sunday, Saturday, and says, right, lads, fresh start, it doesn't wash. The same as if a dry somebody, comes in, somebody comes in and says, right, he's sacked, you're in, off you go. Fresh start, new manager. It's genuinely a fresh start then. And I think that just changes the attitude of all the players. And that's what, that's what we saw on Saturday. No, you know, as long as we sat there thinking, oh, this is a waste of time, if I play well, I'm going to get dropped. We're all thinking, right, I've got a new fella ready, if I play well, I might just get stay in the team. I think we'll get that over the next few games yeah. as well. It'll be yeah. 11 mm. players on the pitch fighting for that place, and that's yeah. what's exciting, really. Yeah. I hope you're right, That's why I think it'll be 3 0. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm. In direct response to Stuart, I do think those players, Deloria and Wankon, will be given a chance. They'll all get assessed, as I've said earlier, by the new manager. Whether they'll make it into the team, it could be a good thing, it could be a bad thing, but as long as the best players are out there on the pitch, I don't care, personally. <laughs> when you've got Holt and Fortuna banging them in, and you're phoning up, and you're 15 minutes left, simple, <clears throat> rest one of the gracious lads, take them off, bring one of the kids on, see how they feed with one another. And then, when it's 8-0, you take the other eight geezer off, and let the other fella have the last five minutes. That's the way to do it. And, and don't forget, we've got the cups coming up as well. Cups, so, the cups. cups. We'll have to rest them then. They'll be too tired, Fortuna and all that. Like the kids they get, they get on a bit. So, no. The thing is, though, the gaffer's watching these guys. They're playing in the um, in the in the um, development setup and, and things like that. He's got his eye on them. He knows exactly what they're capable yeah. of doing. But there is a big step up, big step up from playing Sheffield Wednesday away at Hillsborough than having a kickabout with Morecambe on a Wednesday afternoon. There's a big, big, big difference, isn't there? These lads, sadly, have not been given the service to show the skills. Hopefully now it's going to start coming through. Here, here, yes. Right, and before we leave this evening, just got one or two more things to go through. Bert Hughes, I think we've covered this actually, but it's worth reading out again. At Hughes PP Bert asks, How long does the panel think that it will be before Mr Mackay settles on his preferred squad? And will there be a player call in January? Well, I said it earlier on, I think there will be a player call um, because I think he needs to uh, reduce the squad. I think the optimum size of a football squad is between 22 and 28, no more. Um, that's allowing for at least a complete covering uh, in all areas. Um, yeah, I think what would be interesting is, and I don't know if we can, can do this, is who would people call from that squad? Yes, that's a good question. Perhaps we're going to move on to that. Right, fine, <laughs> fine. But yes, I think he, I think he, the, he needs to identify his pattern, his systems, the strengths of the players and what's going to best work for Wigan. I will give him until Christmas um, and then that hopefully will be the time when he can formulate who he needs playing work. I think he's got everything what he's going to need in the squad at the minute. I don't think much business will be done in January other than outgoings. I'd be surprised if we didn't see three or four leaving. I think with two ever in the keeper department, I think we've got three top keepers, certainly for this division. Probably sad to see, probably Ali, Ali Abzi go. I know he's earning big money in it. He's probably on his way. Mm -hmm. You'll see one or two others on the way as well. I think you might see a bit of business in the warm market. That's it. And he's got a good period of time. 
till we get everything assessed. Okay. So anybody else care to predict who might leave in January? I think Rob's right in in identifying Ali Alabs is the, the easiest one to identify out of the squad. Decent money. Sell him in January, get a few quid back in with a great service, he's been a great servant for club. And most importantly, sad as it is to say it using these words, he won't be missed. He'll be missed as a person and, and as a as a character I'm sure, but as in terms of somebody filling his boots in between the sticks, like Rob says, we've got two other great keepers for this division. We we don't much as we might miss him, we don't need him. Yeah. Um I think other other areas of the pitch it's much more difficult to uh, to predict because the old timers who've perhaps got their contracts a bit more run down and, and would be people that you would look to move on, um, just purely from the perspective of, of their worth in terms of a contract, they're the ones that seem to be stepping up to the mark at the moment. Those that have come in that are still on fairly fresh contracts, that, that might be the ones that you're looking to keep for a couple of years because you've not got to pay out for them, you've already, you know, you've, you've already shelled out the money, etc., etc., they're the ones that I think are less likely to get used. So it's it's the wrong way around. If if your newer players were in the team in the team, and your older players were out the team, it, it'd be obvious that you just pick a few of the the older players. And I don't mean that in terms of age. I mean in terms of length of service. And so it's it's quite difficult to, to predict who would who may or may. It is. I mean, Malone is a perfect yeah. example, isn't yeah. it? it his contract runs out in the summer. He's yeah. definitely but not going to be signing a new one. You'd want to pick him. up a few quid off him if yeah. you could, but, yeah. but you want he's to. the man firing. Yeah. So mm. yeah, I think exactly. a lot of it will depend on what offers come in, as opposed to. I, who I, you I think we'll fair. I think we'll have a few offers for Maloney. Yeah. I think yeah. I can see Everton coming in from. I know there's been rumours before about that, but I can see that is. You know, he loved playing under Martinez again. Money. Yeah. I, I think there'll be offers on the table just to get in earlier. Before everyone else, when he's on the free, the, the thing is with with Everton coming in for anybody, you're not moving out, so you, you, you've no. No, good, it's a good move no for anyone who, yeah. who plays for Wigan. Isn't yeah, it? it's not like you're up in sticks and going down to London. Yeah, so funny up the road. Hmm. Wigan are only going to be able to keep Maloney with ifs and buts, but uh, it's not going to happen, is it? M- Malky Mackay, I don't know if anyone's seen the quote yeah. saying Maloney's going nowhere yeah. in January. Hmm. He's uh, no matter what happens, he'll have him till the end of his contract. Which is reassuring after the performance he put in at the weekend, yeah. didn't it, go? <laughs> But then again, we, though, we all know that Sean Maloney on his day is terrific, isn't it? You know, I mean, that goes without saying. But I think it's going to be another uh, MacArthur job, right to the very end of the transfer window. Business is done very, very late on, which doesn't leave Wigan in such a great position then to uh, find replacements. I don't think we're in a position to look at that uh, uh, replacement thing. But I also think the same is going to happen with uh, McLean as well. You can't have two internationals who are actually on top form for their countries playing championship level football. You can if they start firing and they start looking like they're heading towards the. But top. again, it's ifs and buts, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I because agree. then you're looking at promises. Well, you know, you, you play well, we get promoted. No, they can actually take a move in January and start getting premiership money. Yeah, they can sign, sign the deal there and then. I think following on from what you were saying earlier on, Paul, and what, what, what you were saying, Rob, is I honestly do think that a lot of the business outgoings from Wigan are not going to be full transfer deals. I think it's going to be into the uh, loan. The loan market. I think Wigan, Wigan will be actually loaning players out, yeah. OK. 
Alright then, I think we've very much covered that subject. So, we shall end on a bit of a lighter note. Someone who apparently was quite legless at the Bury game, Rob. <laughs> oh, dear. Just a, a quick mention. I don't, for them who sit sort of towards the away and in the east, and uh, I, there was a, quite a few people saw it near me when I pointed it out. Uh, there was a... When Middlesbrough scored the equaliser... There was a, a guy waving his prosthetic leg about, which in fact later turned out it wasn't actually his leg, so I don't know whether how he's managed to lose it or if he's launched it down the stand or whatever. But uh, some guy had to return it to him and he was waving it about. It, it was it was hilarious. Uh, it, it was worth seeing their goal for that, I'll be honest. It's probably not hilarious for the guy who lost his legs. Oh, hobbling no, it, around. Was, it, was returned, it was returned in full working oh, condition. Oh, so. God, good. Yeah. Well, I looked it anyway. Oh, excellent. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> so, yes, a happy ending to that. Hopefully, there'll be a happy ending to this week as well, because we're going to be playing Sheffield Wednesday on the Saturday, and we're going to win 2-0 or 3-0 or whatever. Three-nil. I don't care. Halt. As long Patrick. as we win. <laughs> halt. Yes. We'd all love to see him back. We wouldn't. (laughs) 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 And on that note... We'd love to see the back of him, not (laughs) actually him back. What are you saying there? I don't care. In January, he'll be back, hitting the hat-tricks for his pal. Just you you watch. I'll be happy for him. I don't think that's going to happen. Oh dear. Holt's got the last word again. Does anybody want to steal it from him? No. no, oh dear. All right then. No, it's okay. That can stay in. Right. I'm not edit happy like a certain other editor. <laughs> I'll cut that out. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Nice. Okay, it stays in then. Nice. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you very much for listening tonight. We've had a lot of fun, and I hope you have too. So. From me, back to Radio Dan. <laughs> from me, Barry, <laughs> and from everybody else around here, it's oh. good night. Oh, good, good night. night. And it's good night from him. Good night. 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 Good night.